Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at. It's always an honor, always a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. And we're just so grateful that you're listening in, hooking up with us, watching, listening, however it is that you're connecting with us. We're just grateful for it. Also, and again, remind you, praise God, uh, let us hear from you. Amen. Send us an email. Let us uh, know what's going on. Tell us a testimony or if you have a prayer request, something that we can connect with you and, and join our faith with yours. Praise God to get a breakthrough. Uh, either way, we'd love to hear from you. Praise God. So uh, today, uh, being uh, kind of like our uh, uh, Sunday service, we've been talking about really uh, about knowing the difference, about uh, you know uh, understanding, praise God, the difference between good and evil. And um, we're again going to go back to John chapter 10, please. John chapter 10. And uh, kind of a key verse we've been using for the last several weeks. And I have some more stuff I wanted to talk about today, so hope you got an ear to hear it today. Uh, a little bit different type of thing, but uh, I feel in my heart that it's necessary. So verse 10, uh, again, says, The thief does not uh, come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Of course, that's Jesus talking. And he kind of brings out the difference between the two, between uh, the enemy and uh, your God. Amen. You know, Jesus, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, here to save life. Amen. To bring life, to give life, whereas the enemy's uh, here to take life. In fact, the New Living Translation says it this way. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, and my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Amen. That's new living. The Passion Translation says, A thief has only one thing in mind. I like how they word that. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness, until you overflow. Praise God. Obviously a huge difference. We brought out as references uh, uh, at least a couple of weeks in there talking about of Acts 10, Acts 10, 38. And he says, uh, says that uh, Jesus came uh, to do good and to, to heal. Amen. In fact, how's that word? Make sure I word it right. Went about doing good. There we go. Doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, which gives you a clear uh, understanding. The enemy is the one that oppresses, the one that deceives, the one that manipulates, the one that lies, uh, the one that accuses, the one that takes life, that destroys. And uh, Whereas Jesus is the one that comes to heal, comes to deliver, comes to set the captives free, praise God, comes to give you life, praise God. And Jesus made it real clear. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, what I operate under, what I do, is all based on the Father. Amen. Jesus said, I don't say anything lest I hear the Father say it. I don't do anything lest I see the Father do it. Praise God. Amen. So it makes it real clear you have a good God, a God that's on your side, a, guy who's, a God who's always with you, a God who's here to save life, not take life. And you have a one bad enemy, come on now, that wants to do nothing. His purpose is one thought in mind is to take life, to make your day miserable. That's what he's that's what he's about. So we've been really taking some time over the last several weeks and bringing some clarity about the difference. And one of the key verses um, that I'd like to uh, look at, um, maybe just a little bit more in depth today, 
And uh, that, of course, is um, uh, Isaiah 5, all right, Isaiah 5, and verse 20, and it says this, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitterness or bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Okay, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but the idea is that that's kind of what we're addressing, because in the day and hour that we're in, that's exactly uh, the problems that we're seeing right now. We're seeing, uh, they're calling go- uh, evil good, they're calling good evil. Uh, they're they're, they're uh, getting the light and the dark mixed up, you know, calling light dark and dark light. And uh, what we're going to find today too, praise God, is about uh, sweet uh, and bitterness. They're getting that stuff mixed up too. So anyway... Uh, last week, I believe it was, or at least uh, uh, I think it was last week or maybe a couple weeks back now, we did talk about you know light and dark. I think that was last week. A uh, week prior to that, we might have talked about the blessing and the curse and the difference between that. And so every week, just kind of coming at different things. And so I thought about um, at the end of this verse uh, of Isaiah 5 and uh, verse 20, it says here, who put uh, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, the word put there just means to change. In other words, a change in bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Now, I, I, you know, I, I don't believe that he's talking about uh, you know, how you like your coffee. I don't believe he's trying to bring out the, uh, the difference between kale and a Snickers candy bar. Okay, uh, That's not what they're talking about. The word here uh, for uh, sweet is the word sweetness, which refers to kindness or tenderness or gentleness. And bitter is the word bitterness, which talks about embitterment. Okay, and it's things like spitefulness, sharpness, resentment. These are the kind of things that comes out of it. Uh, Whereas one side's about, you know, maybe uh, holding on to things, holding a grudge, uh, things like that. Whereas another one might be releasing and letting things go. And so we're seeing kind of a a difference in that sense. And so uh, I want to talk about this. I'm going to talk about uh, bitter for sweet today uh, and sweet for bitter and what this all means. And what we're going to do then, um, we're going to kind of dive into this and kind of unfold it a little bit, and hopefully it'll, it'll minister to you, praise God. So we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12 is where we're going to start with this. Hebrews chapter 12, please. And uh, just got a few references here today, but uh, just kind of want to bring this out. What does this mean? And... Uh, might have got a little hurt in a bit of a hurry um, earlier, and uh, but I just want to um, just want to say this um, that you know the idea of this whole series is to bring out uh, the fact that the enemy is just out to destroy, and any way that he can get involved or have a place or get a foothold in your life, okay, his purpose is to take, to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, and he's always about that. Okay, no matter how it is. Okay, that's what he's coming to do. Jesus came uh, uh, to bring life, bring healing. In fact, the scripture even says in First John and chapter three that for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. All right, He's out to destroy those works. And so, part of what we're doing here today, even, is bringing uh, some understanding and insight about this. Uh, especially through this series, uh, trying to bring some understanding of the fact that who your God is and who your enemy is, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, through all this, finding out who we are, you know, as children of God. Because if we get those things off, 
we're going to have trouble, Bubba. I mean, there's going to be some issues. And so uh, that's what we're finding out out there right now. There's a lot of confusion going on. And uh, in fact, I just, uh, just something just this morning, somebody had made a comment uh, uh, to my wife about, uh, you know, the, you know, just, you know, blaming God for everything that's going on here and, uh, you know, out there and about. And, and it's like, whoop, 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 brakes, hold it. It's not God. God's not our problem. All right. God never is our problem. All right. It's always the enemy. Okay. The enemy is the one that comes to take. It's the enemy is trying to destroy and bring uh, oppression and disease and sickness. All right. But uh, we have a good God, a God that's on our side, amen, a God who will never leave us nor forsake us, amen. And all we got to do is just put our faith in Him, rely on Him, trust in Him, and move forward and follow Him, praise God. And as you do that stuff, you'll walk in the blessing. You'll walk in that abundant life that you're called to, and that's what it's about, praise God. So again, today we're going to talk about bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter, and what that refers to and what that means to you and me. And again, Hebrews 12, please, Hebrews 12. And I'm going to go to verse uh, verse 14, maybe, just for sake of time. And it just says this, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Now, you notice that bitterness, that root of bitterness, and that's kind of what we're going to address here because it's talking about uh, that thing of resentment and holding things on, you know, uh, holding things as far as against others and stuff like that. But it says in verse uh, 14, pursue peace. That's what we're called to do, okay? We're called to pursue peace. And of course, this word peace, Irene is the, is the Greek word, uh, shalom is the Hebrew word, uh, and it just means completeness or wholeness. It refers, it literally means to, to bring back at one, in other words, bring it back to divine order, the way things are supposed to be. And the idea is if you pursue peace, move forward in peace, what you're doing is you're giving God place. Okay, and that's the key. Okay, especially what we're dealing with this here. He's talking about dealing with other individuals. Okay, and the idea is pursue peace. Don't let yourself get caught up in going down some negative road here. Pursue peace, right? Keep God in the mix, all right? Keep your head above the stuff, keep your, uh, your head right, your heart right, your mouth right, all this kind of stuff. And of course, we might talk a little bit more about that. But the bottom line is, is keeping God involved. So it's, that's why it says to pursue peace with all people. And it says, and holiness, which this word just means purity or sanctification, which means to be separate or different or made different. And the idea is what they're still talking about the same thing. He's talking about, you know, choose the higher road. Amen. Choose the way of God. Amen. Uh, don't let yourself, uh, uh, you know, go down some road. You got no business going down. And it says, it says then, without which no one will see the Lord. Now, a lot of times you read that and, um, you know, we're thinking that, okay, it's talking about if you don't have, if you're not in holiness, you're not going to see God. And, and I get that. I'm not necessarily, uh, anti that by any means. I mean, I think we should all walk in holiness regardless. Right. But I believe what's being said here isn't so much, um, you know, you pursue peace and, in, and holiness so that you see God. I think the idea is to get God uh, involved in the situation. I believe that when he's talking about seeing God, it means to perceive or experience God. And the idea is, is we're trying to get God in the mix so that whatever you're dealing with and whoever you're dealing with, because probably and primarily we're dealing with other individuals here, and this text is probably basically talking about individuals, right? Pursue peace with all men, right? Come on. 
So uh, anyway, the idea is to get God in the mix so that we can perceive and experience God. You know, if we get him in the mix, if we'll do what we can to make room for God, God is manifested now in the mix, all right, where God is seen by all. And that's what I believe that verse refers to, all right? Then it goes on, looking carefully or cautiously or diligently, one translation might say, okay, lest anyone, here we go, fall short. That literally means to um, be lack or be deficient of the grace of God. Now, the word grace, again, charis, uh, which means uh, uh, the divine influence upon the heart, and it's reflection in the life. Amen. So the idea is to get God in the mix, God manifesting, so that divine influence, come on now, is, is, is uh, empowering you, is uh, influencing that heart, amen, the core, so that it can then be reflected, okay, in your life or around you. So the idea is still saying the same thing, that we want to get God in the mix, that the more of God that is seen, the more that God is uh, uh, you know, evident, praise God, the more there's an empowerment to do what needs to be done. And you think about this, when we're dealing with people, you got to have God in the mix. If we don't, we're going to have a lot of issues. And you know as well as I do, we got a lot of issues out there, uh, people against people, all kinds of stuff going on. But the more you get God in the mix, uh, the less people problems we have, all right? Uh, to me, that's what's being said. But it says, lest any root of bitterness, which is, of course, now going the other way, okay? A root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Now, this word uh, uh, bitterness, again, referring to like stuff like resentment, things like that. In fact, let's look at a couple translations. Uh, amplified of uh, this verse 15 says this, exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back uh, falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, His unmerited favor and spiritual blessing, in order that no root, here we go, of resentment, that's how the Amplified words it, a root of resentment or bitterness or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and the many become, uh, and many become contaminated and defiled by it. Now that's that's how the Amplified says it, okay? Uh, the Passion Translation, this same verse, says, Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. I like that. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness, here we go, sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Okay, that's, that's the Passion Translation. So again, back to the New King James. Okay, and it talks about here, lest any root of bitterness springing up. Now, the word springing up means to germinate. Now, um, just for whatever it's worth, um, we're talking about, you know, the opposite now of pursuing peace. You know, we're going to let a root of bitterness, uh, you know, spring up. It's the complete opposite of pursuing peace. In other words, instead of pursuing wholeness or completeness or pursuing you know, a relationship to be restored, what we're looking to do is to, we're going to be resentful or hatred uh, toward whatever happened or whatever they said or did or whatever. And there's complete opposite here, okay? Now, I'm still on the topic of bitter and sweet, sweet for bitter. You know, I'm still on this topic. I'm just trying to <clears throat> let this thing unfold a little bit because what's going on here um, is 
uh, a root of bitterness now is taking root, okay? In fact, uh, for whatever it's worth, maybe I'll just toss this in the mix. Uh, you know, it's like a weed. You know, you can cut the top off the weed, and that's great. It, it, it looks great for a little bit, but if you don't get the root, okay, it's going to spring back up and cause you fits down the road here, okay? Uh, but it says that when it springs up, it says this, it causes trouble. Okay, so this, when this resentment, okay, this bitterness springs up, it begins to cause some trouble. Now, this word trouble, okay, means problems, okay, which sounds right, annoyances. Now, you think about this in the area of people problems here, okay. Uh, it also means to crowd or to push or squeeze or to pressure. And when you think about, like, for instance, um, a weed in the garden. There might be some of these, uh, you know, some weeds are just small little things, but there's some weeds that are just massive. And if you let them, if you let them grow, they just kind of crowd out everything else. Pretty soon, all you see is the weed. It'll push the carrots aside. It'll push the beans aside. It'll, I mean, whatever it is you got planted in there. I mean, that that weed starts growing and it becomes an annoyance, and it begins to crowd out the vegetables or whatever you got planted there. Because as it grows, that's what it's doing. It's beginning, amen, to, to crowd out everything else around him. And that's what it's referring to. Now, this root of bitterness, that's what it does. It springs up and begins to cause trouble, okay, or to crowd. It begins to become an annoyance, all right? And pretty soon now, it's affecting everybody else around you. And that's the problem with it. But here's the deal. We think we're justified because that person did something or said something. That person did me wrong, and they probably did. I mean, it could very well be. I mean, they're, they're, you may not be wrong in that. Uh, that person might have, uh, you, know, uh, you know, somehow said something they should have never said. Uh, they might have done you wrong, burned you in a way that, you know, they should have never done. Uh, we're, not, we're not taken away from that. We're not even making light of that. Uh, because nobody likes to get burned. Nobody likes to be done wrong to. Nobody likes to be abused or taken advantage of. Nobody likes to have things ugly said about it. There ain't anybody out there that does. And I don't care who you are. Okay, nobody likes that stuff to happen. And so I'm not taken away from that so much. But what happens is, what, what the Lord's trying to uh, deal with here, He says, you still have to pursue peace. Okay, that's not saying you... You ignore everything or justify everything or whatever in the sense of, you know, try to, you know, make excuse for it. It just says that you got to learn to pursue peace and not allow yourself to have a root of bitterness spring up. Now you say, okay, 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 you, you keep saying that. Well, here's the deal. If you don't pursue peace, pretty soon you begin to make or justify or excuse um, your uh, bitterness or resentment toward that individual. Pretty soon you're calling what's bittersweet. You're thinking you're justified. In fact, you might go so far as to think, you know, I feel better when I'm uh, mad at that person, okay? Uh, you know, whatever. But what you're doing is you're calling what's bitter sweet. All right? And so that's what's happening right there. That's part of what that verse is talking about back in Isaiah. Okay, pretty soon you're starting to excuse resentment, ill feeling, hatred, 
thinking it's okay because, you know, this individual or this group of people or uh, this organization or, or whatever, okay, this, this company, this business, whatever, whatever it is that you're upset about, pretty soon you think, well, my hatred toward them is justified. My anger toward them is, is uh, justified or excused, okay? And pretty soon you start thinking it's okay and it's not okay. Because, see, now it begins to take root, and it begins to crowd everything else out. And pretty soon, okay, it's going to affect lives around you. In fact, as you go a little bit further at the end of this verse, it talks about, and many become defiled. It means contaminated, uh, tainted. Uh, I think what was some of the other translation that said, def- uh, let's see, one said poisoned, okay? and uh, uh, you know, I think about um, just that word poison for a second here. Maybe I'll just kind of take a second here and you know, always think about when somebody is offended or uh, angry or, 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 or have hatred or resentment towards somebody. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's like an individual, they, they take poison thinking they're going to make the other person suffer. But the problem is when you're the one taking the poison, you're the only one suffering really in a sense, okay? Uh, now, uh, you know, I just take that food for thought there. Um, so, you know, it is, it doesn't do you any good to, uh, be angry or resentful to people. All right. And, you know, eventually it does crowd out everything else and eventually it does affect other individuals. All right. But I need you to hang on to that. Okay. So with that said, let's go to first Thessalonians back up here a little bit into first Thessalonians. And uh, chapter 5, please. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And um, I'm trying to kind of take my time with this a little bit because uh, I believe this, um, you know, as this thing unfolds, you know, as I said earlier, the idea is to, to, to eliminate, you know, the confusion to... Um, to know the difference between the enemy's operations versus um, your God and how he operates. And the idea, especially with this kind of a topic, the idea, as I said earlier, and I'm saying it again, the idea is to get God in the mix. See, when, when, you, get, when you pursue peace with all people, the idea is to get, it gets God in the mix, okay? But when you allow a root of bitterness to set in, in other words, you're not pursuing peace. Instead, what you're doing now, you're just going to let it get to you. Okay. And we've all been here. We've all been here. Okay. This ain't something we're condemning anybody for it, but we've all been here. But I I just want you to see it different. I want you to understand that when you uh, let that kind of thing set in to where now a root of bitterness is springing up now, and affecting your life and affecting lives around you, all you've done is gave place for the enemy. And remember, his purpose is to steal, kill, destroy. Now, God's purpose, right? Jesus said, my purpose is to bring life and life more abundant, to save life. And and we're talking about relationships with people. We're talking about families. I mean, you think about this for a, a minute. How many families could have been restored if the people, the key people involved would have just pursued peace 
instead of letting a root of bitterness spring up? Or how many churches would have avoided a church split if people would have just, the key people involved would have just pursued peace, got God in the mix here, instead of opening the door for the enemy? How many companies, how many business, uh, you know, um, uh, partnerships that maybe could have been restored if they would have just pursued peace? Now, again, there ain't no condemnation with this because I think every one of us somewhere along the line have given place to the enemy through these kind of things. And I'm hoping that, you know, through this teaching that we understand um, and be able to be able to pick it out and, and, and understand, hey, that's of the enemy and this is of God. We want to go down a God road and not an enemy uh, road down to the enemy here or the, you know, some grumble alley where we get down into a resentment street. And all of a sudden now we got, uh, you know, the enemies, you know, just controlling everything we do and say. Now, a lot said there, but First uh, Thessalonians 5 and 15. Now, let's hear this verse in the light of some of the things we're talking about here. It says this, verse 15. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourself and for all. Amen. Hallelujah. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone but always pursue what is good. In other words, what he said earlier, right? Pursue peace, all right? Don't let yourself get, you know, filled with hatred and resentment and bitterness, okay? To now the fact that you're trying, now you're all you can think about is getting even, okay? Evil for evil, it talks about getting even. Now what happens is it says, uh, uh, per, always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. In other words, it benefits everyone here. If you'll just pursue, all right, Pursue what's right. Okay, don't don't pursue trying to get even, but pursue peace. Pursue what's right, what's good, right? And it says it'll benefit both you and all those around you. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, if if you don't, I want to maybe say this. I'll just toss this in the mix before I go to the next verse. If you just see that as something uh, that you just can't do, or you know, there's no reason for me to do that. Um, you know, that, that doesn't pertain to what I'm dealing with. You just don't understand, Pastor. What they did to me was way wrong, and they need to pay for what they did. What you're doing now is you're calling what's bitter sweet. In other words, to you, it's a sweeter thing to get revenge than it is to see this relationship restored, okay? And so that's what, that's what bitterness uh, for sweet, sweet for bitter. It's starting to see it's starting to unfold here. All right. Let's look at another reference. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, please. Romans chapter 12. Hope you're hearing this today. Romans 12. And verse 17, please. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things or, or honest things or right things in the sight of all men, saying the same thing. If it is possible, as much as depends on you. I love this. If it's possible, right? Which I believe it is, but it definitely, as much as depends on you, you have to live peaceably 
with all men, as much as depends on you. You maybe can't, you know, make uh, all the judgment calls and the choices and decisions that the other person's supposed to make. I mean, you can't make their decisions for them, but you can make your decision. You can't make their choices, but you can make your choice. All right. So it says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably, right? Uh, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place uh, to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, let God handle these things. If something needs to be t- taken care of, let him handle it, all right? Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. In other words, pursue peace, right? For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Now, a lot of people read that, speed read that, and say, well, that just means I'm trying to make him feel bad. If I treat him good, he's going to feel bad. That's not what he's really talking about here. He's talking about really offering up a sacrifice on his behalf, okay? That's what you're doing, okay? You're, you're bringing God in the mix here, okay? That's what you're doing, all right? Do not be overcome. Here we go. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, okay? Overcome evil with good, all right? Now, you say, okay, pastor, all right, what, what's, what's you, know, you know, bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter, okay, whatever. Well, now think about this for a minute, okay? Um, what's that last verse say? Uh, do not overcome, or do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, we, as we've read, evil for evil, okay? You know, in other words, trying to get even. You think about this, okay? Trying to get God in the mix. If you think about evil for evil, okay? Somebody might say, well, um, you know, this person shouldn't have done that. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that, okay? But you uh, give an evil for evil, all you're doing is sowing evil, okay? You're just sowing more evil, all right? And when you sow evil, um, you get a harvest of evil because what you sow, you will reap. Galatians 6 is, you know, don't be deceived. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And you may say, well, pastor, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, They're just getting their harvest for what they sowed. Well, uh, I can't really argue with that. That's probably true uh, to some degree. But the problem is, see, here's here's the flaw with that kind of thinking, okay? The problem is you're still sowing. See, if you let God handle whatever needs to be handled, okay, where you're not the one trying uh, to, you know, give this person their harvest for what they sowed, you let God deal with that, all right? Because the problem with that, see, now remember, we're talking about get the enemy out, get God in the mix, get the enemy out, okay? The problem with you pursuing and sowing evil, come on now, to get even with that person that's done you wrong, the problem with that is you're always you're still sowing evil. Now, no matter how you cut it, whether it's that individual or you sowing evil, it reaps evil, which means, listen, which means the enemy wins. So the enemy now, it, it opened the door for the enemy, and the enemy wins. So instead of pursuing peace, Try to make stuff right, at least doing everything on your part. Remember now, everything on your part. Okay, you're pursuing peace. That doesn't mean that that individual is going to hook up to it. I'm not, I'm not telling you that. 
Okay, that person still has to make some choices themselves. But as far as you're concerned, you're pursuing peace. Okay, now when you choose not to, okay, then that's that bitter for sweet, all right? Instead of sweet for bitter. Come on now. In other words, when there's a bad situation, you choose to do the right thing, you're turning that bitter thing into a sweet thing, all right, instead of the other way around. Now, I hope you're hearing it. Okay, now I'm just trying to, trying to bring something out here, all right? See, we want the enemy out, out of our families, out of our churches, out of our relationships, out of our businesses, out of our companies, our job sites. See, we're going to pursue peace to do everything we can in our ability, in our power, to bring God back in the mix. We're going to do our part. And when you do that, all right, what you've done now, you've given place to God. You've opened the door for God to come in and do something. But when you get bitter, when you allow yourself to get resentful and angry, and think now it gets to the place where now you're evil for evil. You're thinking about revenge. You're thinking about doing nothing but getting even. All you've done now is just gave the enemy place, opened the door for him. And now here he comes to take. Now, I kind of debated on this next reference, but I think I'm going to go to it. We're going to go to Proverbs 27, please. Proverbs 27. And... um, uh, Sometimes um, it's a reference that um, I don't know that necessarily always gets understood uh, thoroughly, but um, I'm hoping today that you will. And uh, I'm going to go to uh, um, verse 5, please, of chapter 27. Now, um, the cool thing about Proverbs, uh, Proverbs is actually one of my, it actually is my, uh, favorite book, um, and um, because there's just so many um, life principles in here that uh, you know you can have, and um, that you can uh, grab hold of. And Solomon, of course, uh, wrote I think most of this. I don't know if he wrote all of it, but he wrote most of it. And uh, I believe what we're reading today, he wrote. And there are times that you need to understand about Proverbs. There are times when verses sometimes can stand on their own two feet. And they're basically a principle in itself. So it might be one verse that brings out a, a life principle. Amen. But sometimes um, in Proverbs, there's a grouping of verses that come together. And out of that grouping of verses, then it brings out a life principle. Okay. Now, I believe that what I'm going to read today is kind of a grouping that, that I believe comes together. Now, it's not that some of these verses can't stand on their own two feet. They definitely can. But to me, I want you to hear this, okay, in the light of some things that we've been sharing today. All right. Verse five says, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A a satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness 
of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. Now, I believe this is all one grouping, okay? And what it's talking about here is a friend. It's really about a friend talking to a friend about another so-called friend is really what's going on here, okay? And, um, of course, Solomon, uh, you know, King Solomon uh, wrote, the, you know, wrote, I believe, this text. So you kind of keep in mind, too, that Solomon is a king, okay? And he's got people that are counselors, good friends, and then actually covenant, some covenant brothers that are counseling him, okay? Or at least one that's counseling him, okay, about something. And it says an open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. In other words, if he's a true friend, he's got no, no problem uh, saying it like it is. Okay, and that's what he's saying here. Okay, a true friend will, will say it like it is. Okay, not beat around the bush, not try to hide things, but it's going to say something like it is. Okay, and this person's saying it like it is. Okay, he said, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now that uh, word wounds here is not talking about like the friends hurting you, this particular part of the verse anyway. What it's talking about is it's, it's a covenant term, talking about the blood covenant and the wounds of a friend. It's talking about the, 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 the wound that, that, that two blood brothers uh, you know, partook of, okay, uh, to enter into a thing called blood covenant, all right? Now, it's a lot said in just a, a, a little bit there, but the idea is he's talking about faithful are the wounds of a friend, and that word friend's talking about a covenant brother or a covenant friend, okay? So faithful are the wounds. In other words, this true covenant brother is now shooting straight with me about something. But then it says something else in that verse. It says this, but, the, but, but, so which always means a shift, right? It's, something's changing here, okay? So faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, okay? The kisses of an enemy are deceitful, okay? Now, hang on. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Okay, we've been talking about that, right? Okay, now listen. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. What's going on here is another individual's in the mix here. And what he's getting counsel for is because he's upset because somebody has deceived him again. Somebody has burned him again. Okay? But he's got a covenant brother who's talking to him about, listen, don't get caught up in this. Don't let yourself go down that road. All right? You've been burned, been burned many times. And it says, it literally says, but the kisses refers to multiple times, right? Of an enemy are deceitful. All right. In fact, I, I personally believe that it's probably another so-called friend that's probably burned him here. That's why, you know, it's obvious. You think about him, he's a king and those around him. So somebody around him has, you know, deceived him again. Okay. Uh, when it talks about the kisses, here we go, of an enemy are deceitful. Okay, he's talking about literally that, you know, somebody's come up close, maybe even kind of said the right things, did the right things, but again, turned and burned him. And now he's referring to he's an enemy now. He's not my friend. He's my enemy. Okay, now listen. And it says this, a satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. A lot of times, uh, you know, even if you look this up in, multiple translations, 
Most of them are going to say something like, you know, when, when you're full, you know, you're, uh, you know, your dessert, you're not, you don't want to eat dessert, but yet when you're hungry, everything is, tastes good, you know, and, and that's kind of what most of your translations bring out about this. But I don't believe that he's talking about, you know, receiving counsel from a friend and then all of a sudden he gets, uh, uh, you know, gets the hungries. Okay. Okay. I don't think he's sitting there talking about, you know, a friend who's trying to walk him through something. And, and then all of a sudden he gets the munchies or the hungries. Come on. And things start saying, you know, uh, should I eat dessert or not eat dessert? Or, uh, you know, everything's ta- I don't think that he, you know, paused because he got the munchies and now he's talking about something. I believe all of this is together. Okay. Because then he goes right back talking about, the counsel of a, of a covenant friend and how, how he cherishes that counsel, okay? So I believe this is a grouping. And if, if you hear me, I think this will make a lot of sense, all right? So this word in verse 7, this is a satisfied soul. It just literally means a soul that's full, okay? And the word hungry is a word that uh, means hungry, bitten. Literally, uh, the word means... Um, to burn with ambition. Okay, so what's happening here? Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And he says, literally says this, and, and <laughs> um, when you're full of it, okay, in other words, listen, listen, a satisfied soul, all right? In other words, all right, uh, when, I'm, when I've had enough, all right, all right, I've had enough of this, all right, I loathe, that literally means to trample on the honeycomb or that which is sweet. In other words, what he's saying is this, that when I've had it, I've literally saying this, I've had it up to here with this. And all that looks good to me right now is getting even with this guy. So in other words, what I should be doing, I'm willing to trample on. Now listen. He's calling what's bitter, or probably what's sweet, bitter here is what he's doing. He said, I'm, I, I'm, almost, I'm almost at the point right now because I've had it up to here with this guy. That I am, I am willing to overlook doing the right thing just to burn this guy back. That's what he's talking about. And he said, a hungry, but to a hungry soul, come on now, and that literally just means hungry, bitten. Okay? Or someone that is literally, as I said earlier, burning with ambition. Ambition to what? To get even. That's what he's talking about. So getting even right now seems sweet to me. All right? Hallelujah. But to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. In other words, doing the wrong thing here right now seems like the sweet thing to do. You might know what I'm talking about. That's what he was talking about back there in Romans, talking back in 1 Thessalonians, and really even talking about uh, in our first opening text, you know, when we were in uh, Hebrews 12. And uh, that's what they're dealing with. Okay, you got a purpose to pursue peace. All right? Otherwise, you're going to get caught up, and pretty soon that's going to start taking root, and the next thing you know, all you can think about is getting even. I want you to hear the rest of what was said in this text here in in, uh, Proverbs. 
A satisfied soul loathes or, or, or tramples on the honeycomb, or in other words, that which is sweet, but to a hungry or ambitious to get even soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Here we go. Like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. Now he's Listen, maybe he's been getting counsel. Now listen. Like a bird. Literally means a baby bird. So when a baby bird has fallen out the nest or come away from the nest, it's, it's out there. It's just jumping around, moving around. Literally means a little bird that's hopping around is what it refers to when you read it. And that little bird is just hopping around. But what it, the problem is, it's not in its nest where it belongs. So the problem is now, it's out there exposed, and it's vulnerable. So the little bird that's wandered from its nest now is vulnerable. He says, is a man who wanders from his place. You say, well, what does that mean? He's the king. And the counsel that he got is this. You're the king. Don't forget who you are. Don't wander from your place. See, a king who knows who he is, never jumps off the throne to chase a fool. I hope you hear that. If you know who you are, as kings and priests under a new covenant, you know who you are, you know who your God is, you know who your enemy is, then you ain't as apt to jump off the throne to go chase some fool. Because there are a lot of fools out there. And all they're trying to do is get you aggravated, upset, and really all it is is a ploy of the enemy. Listen now, he wants a place. And if he can get you caught up in it, listen now, taking bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter, this is what it's all about. Well, what happened is pretty soon you start thinking it's okay to get even because you're justified. And all you've done now is kept the ball rolling. You've just kept the enemy involved. You've opened the door for the enemy because now you're continuing to sow evil. Instead of bringing God in the mix, let God deal with this thing. Are you hearing me? In verse 9, ointment and perfume delight the heart. And here we go. And the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. Now, I believe what happened there. I believe this man that gave him counsel. Amen. I believe. Amen. He got through to the king. Amen. And instead of the king doing something foolish and stepping out of his place to become vulnerable now where, uh, you know, the enemy has a place now to control and dictate, I believe he did the right thing. Amen. Now, it's just a way of looking at it, okay? But to me, this is what this bitter for sweet, sweet for bitters is talking about. All right? Pretty soon, you start thinking doing that person harm because of what they've done to you. You start thinking that's sweet. Yeah, that, that sounds real good right now. I'm going I'm I'm to clobber that guy. I'm going I'm to take that guy out, all right? You might, you might be there thinking right now, well, Pastor, now wait a minute. I ain't looking to do harm to anybody, okay? I, I just want to give that person a piece of my mind. Well, quite frankly, nobody really needs a piece of your mind if that's the way you're feeling right now. Are you hearing me today? In fact, let me address that. Somebody says, oh, great. Well, let's go to James, uh, book of James. Let's look at that. James chapter 3, please, because it kind of talks about that. All right? You know, the more I dove into this, the more I thought, man, there's a lot being said about this. And when you stop and think, especially in the light of everything that we've been sharing over the last few weeks, really what it's all about, the reason that we're even touching on any of these kind of things 
is because the idea is to get God in the mix. I want God to be seen into this situation. I want God involved in this relationship, God involved in this business deal. I want God involved in my church, okay? I want God involved in the marriages. I want God involved in the families, all right? So if we can get the, uh, the, the bitterness out, if we can get the resentment out, if we can get the hatred out, then we can get God, we can get peace, wholeness, completeness. Come on now. We can get the sweetness in, praise God, Hallelujah. In the midst, hallelujah, we can drive out the bitterness, bring in the sweetness, praise God, and cause, uh, you know, or create, I guess I should say, an atmosphere that's conducive for God to move, that's conducive for miracles. All right? And that's what it's about. Now, let's look at another reference before I let you go here today. James 3, and I'm going to go to, uh, down to verse 9. What he's talking about in context is the tongue. And of course, in context, talking about maybe a tongue that's a little bit out of control here. All right. And uh, he says this in verse nine, again, talking about the tongue with it. In other words, with the tongue, we bless our God and father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening. And that literally, if you look that up in the, in the King James, regular King James, and also just looking it up, it means sweet and bitter, bitter and sweet. In other words, does the same spring bring it both? Come on now. Come on now. He says you're supposed to just bring out, amen, what's sweet, not bitter and sweet. That ain't how it works, okay? He's talking about the power of the tongue. And if you back up here, he makes it be clear. He says, you can't be out your mouth, be bringing adoration and, and thanksgiving and, and, and praise and blessing unto God and turn around and curse the man who's been made in God's uh, similitude or, or, or image is what it means, all right? And so just for whatever it's worth, the word blessing here uh, is the word that speaks of adoration or fair speech. The word cursing here refers to damnation or hatred. So one's talking about adoration, one's talking about damnation. So what he's saying here is you can't let out your mouth both, okay, where one minute it's about adoration unto God, next minute it's about damnation to your brother or to whoever's involved in the mix here. So he's saying this whole thing, remember the whole thing in context, talking about a mouth, okay, that can turn literally your life, that can create uh, good things or just set your life ablaze of fire, okay? And it's all based on how you use your tongue. So the reason I brought this text out is because a lot of times that's what people are thinking. Well, listen, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bring harm to anybody. I just want to give them a piece of my mind. Well, maybe giving them a a piece of your mind is just going to cause the problem to, you know, uh, you know, to continue, all right, to, to keep on keeping on, okay, because you keep sowing evil. So I'm just trying to let you know that even your words have got to change, okay? Don't let yourself, uh, uh, you know, give yourself over to bitterness, resentment, anger, hatred, where now you're using your mouth to bring, uh, you know, uh, damnation 
on your brother or damnation on your family member or damnation on your business partner or company or whatever it is, your country, whatever, depending on what we're talking about. You got to learn to use that mouth right. Now, the reason I'm saying all these things is because we get confused about bitter and sweet, sweet and bitter. We start thinking we're justified. So you're now calling bitter that which is bitter is a sweet thing, and it ain't. No matter how you cut it, doing evil uh, for evil is a bad thing. Speaking evil on somebody because they've done you wrong is a bad thing. It's never a good thing. And so as far as you're concerned, amen, you're going to pursue peace and live peaceably among all men as much as depends on you. That's all we're asking. That's all God's asking. Because if you at least do that, you're at least doing your part to bring God in the mix instead of continuing, perpetuating this demonic problem, okay, or influence, or keep letting the enemy have place in this situation. So today, again, we're just addressing another area where we want to drive the enemy out because we're more aware now that's of a a dark realm, that's of darkness, that's of the enemy, amen, and bring God in the mix, a God who wants to bring life, not take life, a God who wants to restore and not destroy, a God that wants to deliver, praise God, instead of oppresses. Are you hearing me? A God who wants to heal, come on now, instead of taking life, praise God, That's what we want to do is bring God in the mix. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory for an ear that heard, a heart that received. Open the eyes of our understanding. Thank you for these principles. Thank you, Lord God, for a people, praise God, who heard what was said. Hallelujah. And who pursue peace. Amen. And uh, drive out darkness, drive out hatred, drive out any kind of uh, resentment or bitterness. Praise God. A people, Lord God, that choose the higher road. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory. Or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.